Hello everyone and welcome to ABC History Podcast. My name is Skylar, your beloved host of this wonderful podcast. This episode we have the letter I. I as in Indiana, Iowa, Illinois, you know, all of those lovely I states. We aren't talking about any of them. I just couldn't think of anything that started with the letter I right off the top of my head for two minutes there. But today we are talking about the Industrial Revolution and we are talking about Emporphriate Anus. A little weird for me, but here we are. So let's get started. We all kind of have an idea of what is the Industrial Revolution, but It actually is a catchphrase that is describing a historical period that started in 18th century Great Britain. And throughout that time period, change was speeding up, which invented a lot new tools and machines, which helped provide more practical improvement in various fields like labor, production, and resource use. This is considered a technological revolution as it created more machines to help out with daily activities and other things that help give us what we have today. The word technology comes from the Greek word techne, which means art or craft. It encompasses both of these dimensions of innovation and the technological revolution begins much earlier than the 18th century and even continues throughout today. The industrial revolution was considered the merger of both technology and industry. There are many different spheres of the technologic revolution or the industrial revolution, like agriculture, energy, metallurgy, textiles, chemicals, and transportation. The first thing with agriculture. Agriculture was improving even before the revolution, the industrial revolution even started. During the 18th century, there was an increase in agricultural productivity, which led to new types of equipment, such as the Jethro Tool Seal Driller in 1701. Progress was also made throughout the ways of agriculture, such as crop rotation and land use, soil health, development of new crop varieties, and animal husbandry. I actually had to Google this term. Animal husbandry is the science of breeding animals and caring for those animals. With this, farmers are breeding animals for utilities such as milking, fur, food, etc. Which, this result, there was an increase in yields, capability of feeding a rapid growing population with improving nutrients. This provided the shift more toward commercial farming, which is incredibly profitable in the 19th century and beyond, as the company, John Deere, makes farming equipment for farmers and for those of you who don't know john deere is actually housed in moline illinois so they make tons of combines for for illinois farmers farmers around the country and probably some internationally as they have an international headquarters commercial farming led to the in enclosed movement which converts common use pasture land into private property that leans toward market-oriented agriculture. 
Unfortunately, many of the rural farmers were forced into larger cities to become industrial laborers due to how commercialized farming was. The next thing is energy. A lot of energy was used by common pieces of land that was found around like trees and soil and other ways to fuel. In England, deforestation led to the shortage of wool for lumber and fuel starting in the 16th century. Since the forest and lumber was gone, the country transitioned to coal as the principal energy source of more or less complete by the end of the 17th century. The mining of coal gave precedence that led to the industrialization of Britain. Steam power that used to pump water out of coal mines and for centuries, windmills were being used by the Netherlands to drain water from the low-lying plains. Wind was a ready source that was natural and seemed to be irreplaceable. But, as we all know, wind likes to come when it comes and it was really regular due to everything like that. So, it wasn't completely reliable. Water power, on the other hand, was more popular because it was more available. It was used to grinding grain and other types of millwork and most of pre-industrial Europe. But during the last quarter of the 18th century, inventor James Watt and his partner in crime, Matthew Bulletin, had steam engines achieving a high level of efficiency and versatility in their design. Steam power became the accepted power supply for both the British and the European industry. The steam engine turned the wheels of mechanized factory production. Its emergence fed manufacturers from the need to locate their factories on or near water power. Large enterprises began to concentrate in rapidly growing industrial cities. The next thing is metallurgy. I know, weird term. It involves metal and all of the metal artworks. Due to Britain's wood shortages, necessitated a switch from wood charcoal to coke. A coal product, not the other thing, not the white thing, not the drink coke. In the smelting process, constant experimentation led to some advances in the metallurgic methods during the 18th century. An example being a certain type of furnace that separates the coal and keeps it from contaminating the metal. In a process of puddling or stirring the molten ryan, which is made possible to produce large amounts of wrought iron. Rotting iron is the manipulation through pounding with hammers, which is used to shape iron into different things. Kind of like those like curly iron fences that you see in older houses. And wrought iron is more malleable than the case iron, therefore more suitable for fabricating machinery and other heavy industrial appliances. This is being used for more common things such as creating clothing and, well, making our everyday objects that we use. Speaking of clothes, let's move on to textiles. The production of fabrics was fundamental to the British economy between 1750 and 1850. During this time period, cotton production shifted more from a small-scale operation, which rural families did by spinning and weaving tasks in their own home, to a large operation involving 
mechanic factory-based industry. The productivity started with a few technical devices that helped with creating the fabric, like we use in our shirts, and they used things like spinning jenny, spinning mule, power loom. The power looms went through the change of operations with human, then water, and then finally steam power, which applied power to the looms to loom everything. And also they provided power to carting machines and other equipment. A well-known innovation was the cotton gin, which was invented in the United States in 1793. That is during the era of slavery in the US, before the whole Civil War started. And this device spurred an increase in cotton cultivation and export from US slave states. A key British supplier. The next is chemicals. This industry arose partially in response to the demand for improved bleaching solutions for cotton and other manufactured textiles. Other chemical research was motivated by the conquest for artificial dyes, explosives, solvents, fertilizers, and medicines, including pharmaceuticals, versus just using heroin. And in the second half of the 19th century, Germany became the world leader in industrial chemistry, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing sometimes. You can say something else, but I'm kind of seeing what it looks like in the, um, the era of the Nazis, but hey, who knows? Maybe it'll help out. And plus, with these dyes, Maybe they could have, I don't know, done it more on hair versus having, I don't know, bomb hair. I don't know. In the, it was around World War One, World War Two. Women used explosives. Fun fact, by the way, explosives to dye their hair blonde. There's a lot of things wrong with that, and eh, they had a little bit of explosive head syndrome, if you get what I mean. But, okay, on and on about the chemicals, maybe that's another episode for another day. The next thing we're going to talk about is transportation. The technologic advancement of transportation came with the increased output of agricultural production and manufacturer goods due to the need for more efficient means of delivering these products to the market. The first efforts toward this was in Europe, constructing and improving overland roads. Canals were dug in both Europe and North America to create maritime corridors between existing waterways. Steam engines were recognized as useful in locomotives, resulting in the emergence of the steamboat in the early 19th century. The high-pressured steam engines were powered railroad locomotives, which were operated in Britain after 1825. Railways spread rapidly across Europe and North America, extending into Asia in the latter half of the 19th century. Railroads became one of the world's leading industries as they expanded the frontiers of industrial society. This also helped with a lot of the more spreading of cultures, different ideas, and also goods, as it is mentioned in the Industrial Revolution. During this, the Industrial Revolution, it still continues on today, with many more innovations in the way that we use technology, how we manufacture textiles, 
the development in medicines, dyes, and chemicals that are commonly used for medications and all that. And also agriculture. We are constantly in use of agriculture and the industrial agriculture. I am from the corn state, so I should know more about that. And we use technology to help make sure our soil is still good as we are one of the more nurturing ones in the state. On and on about the Industrial Revolution. If you want to learn more information about the Industrial Revolution, I suggest you Google it. It's actually quite fascinating as it spread out throughout time of we are innovation. It's innovating from the old times of without me machinery up until present day and the evolution of technology that we even use right now. I wouldn't be able to make a podcast if it probably wasn't for the Industrial Revolution. So I suggest you Google it if you want to learn more information. It's very interesting, actually. But on to more weirder things. Emporphriated anus. What is that, you may say? It's weird, but here we are. So it is the weirdest name for a condition that was developed, but probably wasn't important to more people to know. It is a rare inborn abnormality characterized by the absence of abnormal location of the anus. What could happen with the rectum or colon could be connected to the vagina, which is the hole that, you know, you come out of when you're born, if it's a natural birth, and or the bladder by a tunnel. It is characterized by the absence of a normal opening of the anus present at birth. Elimination of feces may not be possible until surgery is performed because you cannot take a number two. It's a little weird. Not gonna lie to ya. So, in some cases, the rectum opens up in the lower part of the vagina for females and close to the scrotum for males. The cause of this is a birth defect that appears to occur randomly for really no reason. And the less common the condition may be familial, so autosomal dominance, recessive, or an X-link recessive inheritance. Then, other causes could be accounted for by mutations of one or more genes, probably associated with particular environment factors, or multifactorial inheritance, as they may say. In abdominal dominance disorders, a single copy of the disease gene received from either the mom or the dad will express dominance to the other normal gene and result in the appearance of the gene. Recessive disorders, the condition doesn't appear unless the same genetic defect is inherited by both parents. It's kind of like with a CV. So you can be a carrier of the disease, but if a carrier and you mate or have kids, there is a one in fourth chance that your child will have CF or cystic fibrosis. So it's kind of similar to that aspect if that is easier. The X-linked recessive disorder is conditions that are coded on the X chromosome. Females have two X chromosomes and males only have one X and 
one Y chromosome. So if the disease is on one X chromosome for the females, then it would be masked. Since males only have one X, that defect gene on the X would be expressed due to the lack of another X chromosome to mask it. In some cases, it occurs as a part of a malformed syndrome. It affects around 4,000 to 5,000 newborns in the United States, and to fix it, surgery by dictating, enlarging, and repositioning the external opening or other ways of providing an adequate rectal opening, because that's important. As long as we can spew bodily fluids, we are fine. We like having to spew bodily fluids, because if we don't, then there's going to be a backup in the whole waste process and could cause a lot of infection. That is what your kidneys are for. Your kidneys kind of filter out the waste and you excrete the waste out of either peeing it out or pooing it out. So if you can't pee or poop it out, that could cause more harm than good. A way to prevent this, if you know that you have it or you just want to be tested just to be safe, genetic counseling may be beneficial to patients and their families to know what's up about their genetics because it's very important to know what's in your family. It is very important to know what is in your family history, such as if you have a more high risk of getting a heart attack or high blood pressure, or you have colon cancer in your family and you need to like, you know, get a colonoscopy, aka they stuck a scope up your bum and check your colon. Be sure it's all good. Nothing's growing in there because that's not supposed to be there. So it's a little weird of an episode and it's informative. It's not as funny as it usually is. I swear they get funnier. I swear they do. It's just, this one, it's just more of an informative. I'm trying to branch out in my topics versus trying to pick random leaders. Don't worry, we have a leader eventually coming up. So thank you all for listening. Thank you all for bearing with me on this lovely afternoon. I hope you have a wonderful day and thank you for listening on ABC History.